0: Welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast, the one and only fitness and nutrition podcast that goes way beyond just training and nutrition and helps you create a life by design. I'm your host, Cody McBroom, and with me is my co-host, Travis McQueen, and today,
1: I don't know what we're doing. We got some questions. We got some things that have happened in the last couple of days that we want to kind of just talk about, reflect, and tell you about.
0: One thing I thought of, and this is why I just asked you if this is going on on Monday. um, Happy fucking Monday, everybody. Um, to kind of follow the old suit of the Monday motivation. Oh yeah, yeah, not that this is like a full Monday motivation podcast, but um, one of the things that stood out to me today, which I was also thinking about, even, I mean, it, it's it's a very parallel thing with a lot of things. It, 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 <laughs> it even makes sense with the camera situation we were just talking about. It makes sense with the the seminar I just gave for the firefighters, which we can kind of get into. Um, it makes sense with uh, the move, like just everything in life, like it's like that stacking that 1% and it's doing the best with what you got. Yeah. Right. And so like one of the biggest, and obviously I'd love to hear your takeaways too, but like one of the biggest things that I was taking away from today and I was really trying to harp on with those guys is like those guys and girls is like your situation might not be perfect, but what good does thinking about that do for you? You know what I mean? Like, Not taking action on things, not developing habits, not practicing things, not trying to move forward or work on your goals, work on yourself, train, anything, not doing those things because your situation isn't perfect or you're in a bad situation or you have a lot of negative things coming in. Like, what good does that do for you? Because you got to work with what you got. You know what I mean? Like you can sit there and just keep taking it or you can do something. You know, and, and for those people, I'm like, hey, I'm not going to sit up here and be like, hey, let's eliminate your stress because your job is to go handle stress. Like basically, yeah. you know, you're a first responder. So instead, let's do what we can with what we can in the small amount of time we can to try to just m- mitigate some of that stress, to try to manage some Make of it. Make something better. Yeah, just improve yourself just a little bit. Yeah. Because if we keep stacking that, you're just going to get better. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like in this situation right now, like people listening probably would, I mean, we're obviously – um Uh, What's the word? Very uh, not perfectionist, but I mean, I guess, but basically um, the camera situation, right? Most people would be like, what are you even talking about? There's nothing wrong with cameras. Like (laughs) I wouldn't even understand, but it's not exactly how we want it to be. So we could be like, well, fuck it. We're not going to film until we get to the new studio or we can just film with what we got. Yeah. Because I used to film with a digital camera.
1: (laughs) These a digital camera too, but
0: are those technically
1: what I mean? I I guess that's a a a camcorder.
0: I don't even. I never even look at that as a digital camera, though. It's so nice. I look at it like I guess just a camera is what I say. I don't (laughs) even know what it is, but I think of digital camera. I think of like those old. I mean, what were those? Nokia, Samsung. What were those things? Like the the ones you don't. You can't add lenses onto them. Like like a single shot camera. I I have no idea. Yeah. I guess I just always thought of like when you think of old digital cameras.
1: Yeah, I guess they are. Panasonic.
0: Panasonic is what I'm thinking of, and I think that's probably what I had when. We lived together. Gotcha. It was a very, I mean. Yeah, it's still digital, man. Yeah, it is still digital. (laughs) It's all digital, I guess. Yeah. We live in a digital age. (laughs) But, like, the whole idea of just just doing whatever you can with what you can, I think so many people, like, just don't do shit because they're in an unfavorable position. You know what I mean? Like, that's sometimes what I don't like about tracking HRV because it's, like, if. Discouraging? Yeah, because sometimes it's, like, okay, yeah, I didn't get the perfect sleep. Yeah, I didn't fully recover. And it's telling me not to train. I'm going to train. Yeah. Like, because guess what? Like, 50% of the days, they're not going to be perfect for me. Yeah. Like, good HRV tends to figure out what your normal is, kind of like I was explaining to them today. And then from there, it's just looking for variability. That's what heart rate variability is. So if you have a huge drop off and it's like really bad, then it'll tell you. Or if you have a really big plus, sometimes it actually shows negative because it sees this change. But, um. If your norm just isn't that great, it'll probably adjust to it eventually. But I think a lot of people need to just accept some of the the not-so-great normals. Because otherwise, you're just never going to get ahead in life. Totally. You know? I think, uh, I mean, man, that, that applies to so much shit.
1: Yeah. I, one thing I really liked that you were talking about is, like, how you were explaining them about the training programs. Like, to train to what is app. Uh, applicable to you in your career. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like for instance, firefighting, like lifting heavy stuff. Like you were talking about the other day, sandbags or wh- whatever it may be, but not tra- training to hurt yourself when your career is to be active, be on your feet and doing things that people depend on you. Yeah.
0: hundred percent. And you think about that too. Like, so like a deadlift is the, probably the most classic, like pick something off the floor, which is very functional. Yeah. Like you should be good at picking. I mean, in their case, if it's a limp body, that's unconscious, laying on the floor you got to pick it up yeah most likely you got to throw it over your your shoulder a lot of people do all right deadlifts and cleans right but when are you ever going to be in a position where you got to pick something off the floor that is perfectly balanced on each side weight wise and there's a straight bar across you know perfect handles (laughs) i think this doesn't happen Um, i mean even technically i would rather have somebody do a trap bar but even trap bars set up perfectly for your lift So in those cases, it's like, okay, well, can you pick up something in an offset position? Can you pick up something uh, on one leg? Can you pick up, I mean, and this goes against the typical recommendation for progressive overload, but can you change that every single week? This week's barbell, next week's trap bar, next week's sandbag, next week's dumbbell, like not because you're trying to become the strongest at deadlifting, but because you're trying to become strong at picking up any object off the floor because your job is to pick up whatever random object or person you have to pick up off the floor, right? Right. Plain and simple. Um, and I think that's huge. Like, I think... I was telling them, like, they people get... And I've said this on the podcast. People get married to exercises, right? Like, yep. gotta do this one thing. Um, and we were talking about this uh, on the way there. But, like, the big aha moment for me, like, crawling out of the tent with my daughter and realizing, like, damn, like, my knee is still fucked up. And that was before the second surgery. And, like, I can't really flex it. I can't really bend. It pops in and out. And Blakely's, like, freaked out. Like, what is that shit? Like, that's not being a functional dad. You know what I mean? So even in the case of not being a life-saving first responder personally, like yeah. there's other things that are functional. Totally. Um, I was like joking with CJ, my brother-in-law, like why are we carrying the sandbag? I was like, cause I want to be able to carry Shannon and Blakely out of a burning house. <laughs> like if they get knocked out in my arms and we like laughed and then we was kind of like, well, I should probably get different ones cause I'd probably throw them over my shoulder. Like we were talking about like seriously, but it kind of sounds out there. Like it sounds crazy. Like when is, I think of the movies where like the f- houses burn burned down and there's like a exposed pillar across the ceiling. And then it one side drops and just bonks somebody in the head and they, yeah. you got to drag them out or whatever. But it's like, man, I mean, if I'm in a, if I'm in a, <laughs> this sounds so funny. If I'm in a situation and there's a group of people, be my family, friends, or just random civilians. And I'm the most likely candidate to come out of there alive and potentially save other people. You succeeded. Yeah. I feel damn good about myself. Yeah. I, I think that's actually a pretty like legit reason to train, and I tr- I train to look good too. Like I'm not gonna act like don't no, but typically if you can be that candidate, you're probably gonna look pretty damn good, right? Like I don't I think, think those go hand in hand. Yeah, you don't get that strong and functional without looking good too, yeah. especially I mean compared to the average person. But I think so often people, I mean, they just neglect that because yeah. it's kind of unrealistic. I mean, we live in a in a time like you, you don't typically have to worry about things you see in action movies. Like, I was joking the other day, and I said, if I get shot, I'll heal faster. And you're like, when are you going to get shot? Yeah. I won't. I live in a really nice neighborhood. <laughs> or I was, I <laughs> was, I was more not. or less
1: thinking, like I explained to you, like, not if you're gonna gonna shot. Like, if you do get shot, you're really going to survive.
0: But yeah. But I might. I might. Yeah. yeah. Because I'll probably heal faster. Yeah. Or shit, like, I'll be able to, like, grind through the pain and keep walking or whatever. I don't know. Who fucking knows? Yeah. I don't live in a movie, but... Train, train like, like it. it. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. But it's crazy because, like, I started thinking about that stuff because these people do kind of train. I mean, they or do kind of live like that, you know? Because, yeah. like, so those guys got called out in the middle of the talk. Yeah. And then they came back, like, 30 minutes later. So it was obviously not a big deal. But it's, like, I thought about this afterwards. And it's like, Mike, okay, they got up, call me, left. And I'm like, oh, no big deal. It's normal, you know? And I thought about it later. I'm like, damn, that could have been, like, the craziest situation right now. Yeah. They could be, like, scraping bodies off the pavement because of a crazy accident. Abs- literally. Absolutely. And it's just like, oh no.
1: Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Like, fuck,
0: that's crazy. Yep. That's and that's obviously more of the mental component, which we got into today too. Which I will say is it's extremely fascinating. You know, like just thinking about how much trauma Im- Yeah. They go through. But then also how much impact exercise and nutrition has on being able to deal with that trauma and or just improve your brain, period. Yeah. Memory. Thinking, willpower, self control, discipline, motivation, drive, everything. Um the placebo research, I could see they were starting to smile when I started talking about that shit. Cause some of that stuff is just so crazy. It's yeah. like it's out there. Um But yeah, man, I think I think uh I don't know, it was cool. So we we uh we just got back for a little reference. bit ago. Um we just decided to start talking about that and some lessons from it and everything, but we uh did a seminar for The Tacoma Fire uh, Department, which is Tacoma for those who are not from Washington. Tacoma's the second or third biggest city in Washington. Seattle's obviously the biggest. Spokane. That's what I was going to say. It's either, you know, Spokane or Tacoma. Um, But one of the biggest. Definitely. Within the handful. I mean, Olympia's pretty big, too, but I don't know if Olympia's that big population-wise. It's just the capital. Yeah. So...
1: I'm going with those three.
0: Yeah. Um, so one of the bigger spots, they have a lot of stations. And so we're uh, basically just kind of getting our foot in the door to build a relationship with these people. And I put on a free seminar on how exercise and nutrition impacts uh, mental health, as well as how firefighters should be training for tactical purposes. Correct. Um, and a lot of that, too, I don't think is as, as complicated as people think. Um, I think when you hear tactical fitness it's pretty wild and if you actually google search like tactical fitness programs um it's kind of spawned off into like some pretty cool stuff but it's actually not so much i mean it is for it's for those kind of people but it's almost geared more towards like navy seal shit yeah. like i mean most of the time it's like okay when you look it up at least you'll see like almost like an obstacle course of weight training along with somewhere in there you have to like load a clip and fire at Fucking bullseyes and shit, which looks really fun. Yeah. I mean, it looks really cool, but that's not really what tactical training is. At least not from what I'm talking about. That is tactical training, technically. Different kind of training. Yeah, yeah. tactical fitness would be like sure. how are we using weightlifting and strength training in order to optimize them for tactical needs. Yeah. Right. So for them, like different loading patterns, like how are they carrying things? What are they carrying? How heavy are those things? How long do they got to do it for? Like what energy systems are they using? Like what movement patterns are they doing? You know, like those kind of things are the most important. And also like for them specifically, how much time do you got? Yeah. You know, um, when I was talking to them about putting together a program for the recruits, way easier because they don't go on calls yet. They can't. So it's like hour a day, Monday through Friday. What's their program? I'm like, man, if you gave me them, I could give you some of the f- – if they'll actually do it, which they would have to because they go to the station every day, they're forced to do whatever they, they say. Yeah. I could create some really badass firefighters because yeah. they got to – I mean, I don't know how much you know about this, but from what I've heard, you got to volunteer and, like, basically intern for a long time. So really? Yeah. I mean, it depends on opening, so I'm sure it's not as long as it used to be, but I, I've heard of people, like, for, like, a year or two volunteering. Let's two friends I have that are
1: uh, in Issaquah, uh, they just went through, like, a f- three- or four-month academy. You know, fire academy in North yeah. Bend or in Spokane. Usually, you
0: do that, and then you volunteer at a station. Mm. It's almost like an intern. Mm. Um, But I will say, within the last couple of years, especially since COVID and all the stuff going on, um, they have had an extreme amount of calls mm-hmm. compared to before. Like the the statistics on how many calls they get per day. I mean, it's like at least double. Yeah. Which probably means that they don't need volunteers as long because they need people working. Yeah. So I'm sure it's not as bad anymore. Totally. But still even three months. I mean, that's a transformation five days a week of like, I can make sure you're doing exactly what I say. And absolutely. That'd be sick. Yeah.
1: You say, uh, like in that technical fitness definition in this, in this realm would be more just like a high, uh, what much more detailed functional training.
0: Yeah. Worse. So that's where like, I think even, I mean, we have to even unpack that. Like what is functional training? Yeah. You know, like you tell me, bro, (laughs) there's no real definition for it. That's the problem. Like, um, as we're recording this, we'll have Marcus Philly on next week. Um, it won't air next week for you guys, I'm sure, but soon you guys will hear an episode unless um, something crazy happens. But he's coming on the podcast. We were talking the other day, um, so he owns functional bodybuilding. So then you even have to unpack that. What is functional bodybuilding? Well, Marcus has a very specific definition for it, and we're gonna we're gonna hear we'll what that out. is. Yeah, I have my own definition of it, you know, and I didn't really say functional bodybuilding that much before him. But I definitely remember as soon as he, he like, came out with that brand, immediately kicking myself going, fuck, I wish I would have thought of that. Yeah. Because it's so good. I've talk, I was talking to Andy McCloy. Shout out to him the other day. Um, and he, he owns that gym in uh, Alabama. And he was saying, like, because I'm doing his nutrition, I'm helping him with the cut and everything. And he was like, I'm doing some, like, functional bodybuilding. Well, I mean, it's what I call functional bodybuilding. I don't even know what that is anymore. I just, I'm functionally bodybuilding for my like i don't know (laughs) so it's one of those things where it's really hard to tell and then there's functional fitness which is actually basically what functional fitness is on the large scale like if you look at like branding wise it's basically just crossfit because crossfit kind of started steering a different way um after some different things happen i I don't really know the ins and outs of it because i'm not in that world as much but now functional fitness is like a competitive thing that they're trying to get into the Olympics and stuff, which is actually really dope. Yeah. But it's not CrossFit, it's functional fitness. So it's basically like competitive fitness. So it's a bunch of different stuff. And so in their definition, functional fitness is competitive fitness. For me, like when I think of functional strength training, functional bodybuilding, functional power lifting, anything like that, the way I always look at it in general, um, and I would call it functional strength training specifically, is it's lifting weights in order to improve the things that you need to do or withstand within life, plain and simple. Love it. So like sometimes you have to almost like, uh, or th- and that's why I say withstand because like, let's be honest, if I was really just training for what I needed to do, I mean, I could get my fingers stronger I <laughs> type a lot. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. what do I really do? You know yeah. what I mean? Like um, I actually in this, but this is a good example. So like, of
1: phone call raises exactly yeah <laughs> like a lot of curls but just on my right arm
0: yeah. um so <laughs> that doesn't sound right <laughs> but what i'm what i'm like in my personal life i think of like okay what could i potentially have to do and that's yeah. more of like what functional fitness is yeah. I think, for everyday people because for me, it's like, okay, well... Training,
1: training for the what-ifs.
0: Yeah. And and some of the things are like on occasion. So, like, this sounds ridiculous, but every dude knows what I'm talking about. How many fucking grocery bags can I carry across the parking lot? It's heavy farmer's carry. With a weird fat grip on, you know? And yeah. I'm like, <laughs> walking fast, you know? Yeah. So, it's like, okay. And on top of that, that's loaded uh, aerobic training in a way. So, pulling sled walking with a, a vest on, uh, body weight movements with a vest on, something like that, where it's kind of hard to breathe because am I carrying bags and walking? Am I carrying my daughter and walking? Like, what am I doing? You know? Um, it's also why I literally thought, so I go on my weight lock vest in the morning if I don't want to go in the garage. And I thought about getting a saddlebag. So a saddlebag is like basically, it's a weighted, it's like a weight vest, but it's it just goes around your neck. So it almost looks like, actually almost looks like the, the like pad on the back of a horse saddle. Yeah. But you just put it on your, neck totally. you carry it like that and i thought about that because it's like well where's my daughter sit right on my shoulders mm-hmm. so it's like okay and then if i wanted to really do i'd put it on one side and carry it like this because if i had to like carry my daughter for a long distance because something happen, throw her over the shoulder and walk so like that's that's t- technically functional fitness Absolutely. you know so um yeah, you got to be kind of weird i think to think that like, some people would be like well what like why are you walking with a wave vest instead of just walking normally is there that much benefit like calories wise probably not but i'll be better at carrying my daughter <laughs> So fuck it. Yeah. Like, I'm going to do it. Um, and then, like, you could even take that as far as uh, prehab, like I was talking about to those guys today. If I sit a lot, that means I'm in a flexed position. So functional fitness for me is also going to be leaning more of my volume towards the posterior chain. This will be actually for most people. Because if I'm constantly hunched over my desk, constantly in a flexed hip position, like, all of my flexors are constantly firing. Totally. And then I drive. You know, everything is sitting. So – what do I need to do to be more functional from a health perspective and a movement perspective? I need to do band pull parts, lat pull-downs. I need to do glute work, hamstring work, everything on the backside to pull my shoulders back, get my posture better. So it can be preventative as well. And then when you get into, like, what people do for a living, it, it, it changes too. So this goes two ways. In one way, CJ, for example, he does manual labor. So, like, I could, like get him to do like PVC pipes. We used to fill PVC pipes with like water. So they're like called slush pipes. And so like when you walk with them or do anything, the water shifts. So you got to like a lot of core stability. I could have him do walks with that on his shoulder and his arms because he literally has to carry PVC pipes, plug them in. I don't know, crank shit. I I don't know what he does. Yeah. (laughs) With the piping and all that stuff, you know? But does that also just fatigue what he's about to already go do? Because if he's doing it there every fucking day, And it's not life or death. It's just getting his job done faster. He's going to get good at it by doing it. So I'm actually probably going to do the opposite when he's here to balance him out. So part of functional fitness is that. Now, for the tactical profession, it isn't that because we want to prepare you for that. Because otherwise, you're going to go to help save a body. And you're going to pull something in your back and not be able to do it when you go to pick it up. So we want to progress you with functional forms of deadlifting. A barbell deadlift isn't always functional for everybody. It can be. Some people's limbs are built perfectly for a barbell deadlift. Yep. Some people, it just fucks them up. So, like, I would rather train you in a staggered deadlift because maybe you need to get in a staggered stance position before you pick them up. You know what I mean? Like, uh, maybe I'm putting fat grips on the bar. Them? Uh, whoever's lying on the floor for you to pick up. I'm thinking oh. of first responders. Right? Oh, totally. You know, um, if they are, are you in a, like, I think of even, like, if you think military, like, okay, you, you're you crawling under things. Are you hopping over fences? Or you, do you need to climb anything? Do you need to
1: god forbid you have to carry somebody
0: yeah dragging them yeah you know um but like getting over things so there's like reasons this is where like not literal atlas stones but you can get you know what atlas stones right i do not so like have you seen those strong men where they carry those huge <clears throat> fucking oh yes food? that's yes, an yes, atlas yes. stone so they got to pick it off the ground and walk with it they make sandbag atlas stones um and so you can get different sizes but for example like picking up a sandbag out of the stone is a little bit easier, and it's more similar to a body or a normal object that you would have to pick up. Even if it's, like, they could be trying to bring with them some, um, what are they called when they have, like, the food drops? You know, they're, like, the bags and boxes of food. I can't remember what they're called. They're, like, the, the dry bag foods that they'll drop off to military when they're in, like, oh, yeah. secret places. But let's say you're you're carrying big boxes of that shit. I mean, a perfectly circle fucking heavy stone isn't really like any other object besides stone so the sandbags are a little bit better but picking that up and getting it over a a wall getting it over a bar yeah you know what i mean like literally like just what what exercise is that pick that thing up and get it over that thing totally it's not an exercise it's a specific exercise for their specific profession so i think it ultimately depends i think functional fitness for tactical athletes is more just like it's kind of similar to the idea of a sport specific training it's like you're training for your sport Right? It's just, it's for them, it's their livelihood, it's their life, it's their career, it's other people's lives. Yeah.
1: It'd be better, it'd almost be better, like, to train, like, carrying heavy UPS boxes, like, big square boxes. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's awkward, yeah. it's it's not comfortable.
0: Yeah. And that's where, like, I think functional fitness spans into so many different totally. things. Totally. You can't really, like, pinpoint what it is. No. A lot of times, even sports-specific training actually does, I won't say does more harm than good, it just doesn't do as much as people think, because they almost get too literal, like... They're like, okay, we're having a golfer and we're going to like put weights on his golf club and we're going to do these like twists. I'm sorry, but that's a really bad idea because now you're going to fuck up his swing because now the golf club is 10 pounds. Yeah, you're going to get strong at rotating, but now he's going to swing too hard. Mm. He has like his own swing, cadence, tempo, finesse. You know what I mean? Like I'm the king of hitting the ball too hard and slicing it, but so I know. But that's not how good golfers swing. They don't like swing it as hard as they can. They swing it just enough a certain way yeah. yeah
1: train your body instead of your swing
0: yeah so they actually did this with ankle weights they they wanted to i want to say it was ankle weights in sprinters but basically they were trying oh. to do the same thing like oh well if we put ankle weights on them and they get faster at sprinting sprinting without the ankle weights they'll be faster and that would actually make sense but it didn't it just fucked up their gait because they had to change their sprint gait because now they have fucking weight on their ankles We take the weight off you're weight distribution is different, right? It's not the same as progressive overload with a bench press. So it's just, it is just a little bit different. Mm. Um, And so I think that applies to to sports as well, where like people will be just doing crazy shit. And it's like, okay, for a golfer to get that better rotation that you're after, we actually should be doing some thoracic mobility because it just allows you to have a better range of motion. We're not adding resistance like that. What are the muscles that are uh, need to be strengthened? What is the core aspects, like the balance, all those things? Like you don't need to be jacked to be a golfer. You need to work on movement patterns, range of motion, and probably just health. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like the last thing you want to do is walk 18 holes and like pull your calf and that's why you can't golf. Okay, so let's like get good at walking yeah. and stretching. You know what I mean? Like I don't train golfers, but Dude, I think sometimes people take it too far.
1: And I know you don't know this, but some of the audience might, but there is one golfer that is absolutely massive.
0: Huge. Like, like ripped or like Jacked. Jack- both. Okay. But I mean like sometimes people are ripped, like they take a shot off and they're like, Oh shit, he's got a six pack. And um, then some guys are just like, shirt on, you are huge.
1: Oh yeah. I would say uh option B. Okay. Yeah. I don't I've never seen his apps, but yeah. <laughs> um but yeah. What's his name? Uh Bryson DeChambeau. Uh-huh. But yeah. But he went to he publicly went into this huge surplus. He was like pretty lean and just one season came out and just couldn't fit his clothes, like and he's hitting it over the lake. Like it was just Did it help him? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's always been good, but in the middle of the pack, but he is. I'd be curious
0: to see what he did. I think that, like, I typically believe, like, most of the time adding muscle to your frame is probably going to help your sport no matter what you do. Yeah. But I think that um, the biggest limiting factor is if you go, like, full-blown bodybuilder, a lot of times you run into uh, range of motion issues. You know what I mean? Like, Like, it's a classic example of, like, yeah, that dude's jacked and strong as fuck, but he can't bend over and touch his toes. Well, like, if you get so big that you can't rotate to wipe your ass, I promise you can't swing a golf club good. Totally. You know, so you probably, but there's, this is why, like, Arnold and some of those guys in in Pumping Iron, when bodybuilding became popular, they're doing fucking ballet. Yeah. They have a ballet instructor going through ballet with them so they can learn how to be flexible and pose better, and, like, it's crazy. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But.
1: He was eating 3,500 calories a day. Damn.
0: How tall is he? You say. I mean, he's big. That's a lot of.
1: I don't know how tall he is, but.
0: I'm probably I'm eating about twenty six, twenty seven hundred. 2700, so he's eating almost 1000 calories more than me. Yeah.
1: Damn, this this article says is 6000 calorie <laughs> a day. 7 protein tea shakes a day.
0: I feel like I should write an article that's like Mark Wahlberg's cutting diet. Yeah. And it'll just blow up on the internet and then I'll be like, I don't know Mark Wahlberg. I don't know what he eats. I don't know what his macros are. But here's what I guess they'd be. Cuz who uh, the fuck knows? Yeah. Unless you're his dietitian, you don't fucking know that.
1: Cool. Um Anyway, yeah, it was a really good uh, speech. I think a lot of them got a lot of good stuff out of it, especially, like, the uh, the trauma, like she was talking about, some of the supplement stuff you went over mm-hmm. that just helps with, like, their off days and yeah. just com- getting out of that parasympathetic mode.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably, I mean, for all of them, and, and this is the stuff that, like, everybody can take from, too, because we all live in a stressed world in a stressed state. So I think some of the most profound things... The, the things that I obviously I'm biased I wrote the presentation but I'm looking at it, I'm like I think these will be the most profound things to them um part of it was like the the placebo ever since you gave me shit about it I feel like I'm obsessed with the placebo <laughs> I'm fully effect. aware but like <laughs> I triggered it <laughs> the 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 part about stress capacity. Yeah. You know, like there's studies that show people who perceive stress as not as stressful literally have less consequences from stress. So they don't have as much like immune uh, issues. They don't have, they don't get sick as much. So all the things that we know stress does, yep. that's it. Totally. You know, and, and on the same front, this is also why sometimes if you're riding cortisol and stress all the time, and you, you won't get sick until it releases. And this is a problem too. This is pro- honestly probably why I got sick recently because um, I pushed hard last month in the business Mm. and for good reason. I mean, a lot of good things happened. I was pushed team. I was just going. And then the month finished, I was ready Mm. to kind of like calm down a little bit. And like, I just got sick. And the reason I say that is because um, cortisol actually helps prevent sickness. Like it will help prevent you getting cold. It's also why like, um, even today I was like, dude, my nose has been so running. Everything I got up there, no issue breathing, no issue talking, no cough, no blow my nose. Second, we got in the car, blow my nose again. Yeah. It literally, like, is a stress response to allow you to perform. Yeah. It happens to mothers. Like, Shannon will, like, be with Blakely for all week while she's sick. The second Blakely's fine, Shannon gets sick because she's like, okay, stress response. Like, she's good. And then your body's like, all right, fuck you, your turn. Yeah. Um, But athletes experience it too. They'll go through season. They'll go through a tournament competition, and then right afterwards they get sick. Yeah. Um, But a lot of that stuff with the stress capacity stuff is hopefully going to hit hard because I think just knowing that both research in in stress and in willpower, like the people who have the highest amounts of willpower, it boils down to the fact that they just think they have a good amount of willpower. The people who don't have the negative consequences of stress literally just perceive themselves as being able to handle stress better. So there are things that we can do to manage stress better, of course. Totally, Meditation, recovery, nutrition, training. I went over those. Um, In training, in general, um, it, it decreases the stress receptors in your brain. So like, Stress, training is a stress in itself, but like I was telling them, if we train o- consistently over time, all kinds of uh, neurological processes in uh, re-circuitry, so like the neural circuits actually start to rewire themselves if they've already been damaged yeah. or they just improve if they're not damaged yet. Um, but those things consistently improve your neurotransmitters in your brain and they will also improve your stress receptors. So you might apply the stress through training, but because you're lowering the amount of stress receptors, your body hormonally speaking doesn't respond to stress as bad so that probably just means like if something bad happens if you get sick if you're going through a diet your body's going to handle that stress better because you're training yourself and training yourself lowers the stress receptors amount of stress receptors in your brain which is wild yeah fucking crazy so like things like that where i'm telling them like hey like if we can not try to remove the stress but improve the way your body handles the stress if we can just perceive it better which means hey meditate for three minutes and just repeat yourself I can handle stress. I can handle stress. I'm great at handling stress. Like, just over and over and over again. You know, you kind of speak it in the universe. Absolutely.
1: I think it's, I I, I don't know. I I, I agree with it, man. I I believe, more or less, just believing it. I know, like, saying it into the universe helps you believe it, but, like, believing it personally to yourself and not, like, believing it because somebody else wants you to believe it, like, Mm -hmm. I think that's huge. Like, the mantras and stuff is great, and it's a huge tool, but you have to have an inner belief with yourself. Yeah. You absolutely have to. I th-
0: I think that I like speaking it out loud only because people don't doubt me anymore. Because I've for the most part, or people aren't even like out loud li- onto the podcast. Yeah. yeah not saying, not to yourself in the room. Yeah. But yeah. I'm saying even like when I look at people and I tell them, like, oh I'm gonna do this or come to school. Yeah. Like a lot of times I don't get people that are like and I don't like say outlandish things, but people aren't like Yeah, right. Yeah. So like when I see them go, Dope, dude, like and they believe, now I go, boom, like they do they don't think I'm not going to do it yeah. so now I kind of have more belief but the speaking it out loud constantly or writing it in your journal constantly stuff like that meditating on it I think part of that like that episode with Dr. Caroline Leaf I talked about where you she said that. like your subconscious habits and actions just change you ha- you operate differently subconsciously based on what you're speaking in the universe yes it's not like I just speak it and the universe gives it to me however I also think that everybody is slightly uh It's going to sound funny. Narcissistic isn't the word. Um, What is the type of psychopath, a sociopath? There you go. Is that the person that basically, like, they'll start saying, like, they could be, like, a different person because they have almost, like, split personality. They just, like, say something and Mm -hmm. they believe it with such conviction. They're, like, the best liars ever. So I believe that to an extent only because, and I know that sounds crazy, because if you repeatedly say something, I've experienced this with, like, um and I hate to admit this, but I'm I'm really good at storytelling. So I remember like telling stories to friends and stuff like to make them laugh, I'll enhance a couple sp- parts of it. You know, I'll, I'll exaggerate things because I want people to laugh. Like the whole point of re- me telling stories is not because of anything but to laugh. This yeah. isn't a lesson to teach you anything. It's like, we're having a drink, let me tell a story. And I remember my mom catching me on it one time and being like, Man, that's kind of, that's stretching it. Like <laughs> this is actually happening. And then like when she said it, I'm like, damn, that is what happened. Yeah. I told it this way so many times that I literally believed it (laughs) like, you know, and it kind of makes me sound like a fucking sociopath, but (laughs) it's just because I repeated it so many times and it's not harmful things, but in the sense of gratitude journals and meditation, if you repeat that mantra, if you repeat that thing over and over and over and over and over again, at some point in time, you are really going to have conviction in that thing. Yeah. You know, it's the same reason why the placebo effect works because instead of me having to believe it, you're telling me it as fact. And so I believe it. It's also the problem with uh, like people, I hear scientists say this all the time. They wish they didn't know so much about the placebo effect because the placebo effect doesn't work nearly as much once you really know um, about the topic itself totally. at least. So um, like there's, there's some supplement research and stuff that I don't even want to share because I'm big on these and they've seen people get the same results on placebo effect because they thought they were taking it, even though there's scientific evidence that the supplement works yeah. too. But- your physiology will fucking change. I agree. That is just so
1: wild to me. <coughs> yeah. Your hormones. The only, like, <laughs> I know the trigger sheet, but, like, the only doubt I had with the placebo was the ACL one. Yeah. Like, that just, I still don't know if I believe it, but it's, there's no, f- there's no way someone just a decision they were good. Like, <laughs> that's just not, <laughs> look it, it up. It, I, I agree, but I linked if it if in it, that. If it's torn, if it's torn, if it's torn, it's torn. Yeah. It's not good now because I faked it. Surgery is surgery coding. I know. I mean,
0: I I didn't make it up. That's what's crazy. That's that's. I think
1: think you made it up. I'm just kidding. I linked it in the presentation.
0: So I think with that one, I always think about too, like um, I I wonder as well, like we talked about ACL versus meniscus this morning, right? With your knee on the way there. Yeah. I wonder if they did it with a meniscus, would they have the same effect? And the reason I wonder that is because the meniscus is different. Like the, the ACL... Is is a ligament that's helping you move and it detaches, it easily heals by itself. So, like, I had a partial tear and they were like, Hey, wear this brace, don't play soccer for a while. It will literally heal itself. Like, don't lift heavy weights, which I didn't lift back then anyway. Like, there's things you can avoid and it'll just slowly heal itself as long as it's not completely torn, yeah. right? It's like uh, if you cut off the tip of your tongue, isn't your tongue the one that will, it'll like, Good f-
1: I have no idea, grow back? I think Wait, we a lizard. Maybe or it's something? like, maybe it's just lizards. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, I knew a dude that cut his tongue and it grew back.
1: I think it fuses, maybe.
0: I don't know. Anyway. Point being is, like, I think the ACL kind of does that. Gotcha. The meniscus is a pad in between your femur and your tibia. So, like, when you look at two bones and there's, like, basically, like, I always think of, like, stomp pads, but that's for skateboarders. You put it, like, in between the wood and the truck. So there's, like, a shock absorption so that the truck, the metal from the truck on your skateboards doesn't crack through the wood of your skateboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. you have this rubber pad. It's kind of how it is, right? So you don't have bone on bone getting arthritis or like cracking bones or anything like that. So like, would it be the same there? Because meniscus, you have a tearing meniscus, it's much more likely that you need surgery because it's damn near impossible for it to heal itself if you're constantly, because you just stand on it. Yep. You know what I mean? With ACL, it's like, well, you can put weight on it. Just don't do extreme ranges of motion. Don't load it. You know what I mean? It's yeah. different. So I wonder if they would have that same effect. But the reason I, I'm I'm confident about that one too is because if you think about, if I'm standing and I have a torn ACL, how
1: do I know? Serious question. Do you? Yeah, I don't know. Can you? Pain. Oh, okay. It's probably the first. I was thing. thinking like more like uh like quick movements then you find right. out. 100%. But. but like pain in general is okay. what like causes it, right? Yeah. So
0: like but here's the thing, is if if I did fake surgery on you, I would tell you, "Hey, like you're going to have to stay off it. You're going to be on crutches." Right? It's still going to be painful, but I mean, that, yes, probably. Yeah. But also I'm not going to say, like, you can go train. You can go do quick movements. I'm going to still say it's a eight-week recovery. Yes. Because we're trying to see if it does the same thing. Totally. So they wouldn't re-injure it because they'd be wearing a brace and doing crutches. They would literally be treating themselves like they just had surgery. Gosh, gotcha. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then the other thing is the only way to know is pain. So pain is felt in the brain. So, like, you could, and I truly believe this. I don't know if I believe in hypnoti- hypnotizing people. But if you could do hypnosis on somebody to, like, make them forget that they had that, their pain receptors would shut off because the pain receptor is something that goes on your brain. Your brain says it sends a signal of, ow, that fucking hurts, stop. Yep. Right. Part of the reason why icing is and ibuprofen and stuff like that is actually not the best thing when you're injured because if you shut off pain receptors and inflammation, your body doesn't actually help heal it. It Correct. just slows that process down. But if, if they, the placebo effect affects the brain so much, it could help shut off those pain receptors too. Yep. You, know, you would literally be like, oh, I'm healing. I'm going to get better by the day. You literally start getting better by the day. Totally. Until eight weeks later, you come in with that crutch, and they're like, oh, we we'll just
1: fuck with you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we didn't fix it." Oh man. But I mean, it's really. Yeah, I, need bad. A, I was oh, man made me laugh earlier when <laughs> you're like, "Just stay off of your knee for a little bit. Don't wait lift any weight." You're like, "I'm oh, fucking easy, dude." <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't lift
1: anyway. <laughs> literally, I know. That's why I laughed. But,
0: but yeah, uh, they. Uh, anyway. yeah. I think. I think in general like the take home point for people listening obviously there's like i mean hopefully there's some firefighters law enforcement all that stuff you guys can like it's directly applicable um and obviously we'd be willing to help any of you guys so if there are you listening any type of first responder police fire anything like that we filmed the whole thing um we're not releasing it to the public but we will we will provide it to other reach out departments and stuff like that absolutely Um, we have a special uh, link to a special page and all that stuff so um, we'd be happy to help with that and give you the content for free um, just because but um, I think for me that was like the biggest thing that I'm hoping they take away is just that like one look at fitness through the lens of specificity for what you need to do for a living and avoid injury with you know what I mean like don't go to the gym and get hurt and then not be able to do your job like, train for your job. And then some of the guys, like, they want to build muscle. They want to lose fat, whatever. And then, okay, yeah, like, any extra time you have, put it towards that. Yep. Um, supplementation's great. Nutrient timing's great. I think in their cases, they're actually way more applicable than Gen Pop because we can manage stress with both of those things. And a lot of Gen Pop people don't need to manage stress as much. Um, but there's just so much to the power of your mind. And I think that was the biggest thing is like, yeah. hey, like I'm not going to sit up here and act like I know what you guys are going through. I'm not going to act like you guys can just easily remove the stress. That's way easier said than done. But I know for a fact that if you start believing in your ability to handle the stress, in your ability to push through and have willpower and have faith and have uh, self-control, all these things are studied. I mean, even the faith one is another crazy one. It wasn't even any religion for people listening, but it was just breast cancer survivors and the rates of survivors based on people who were not spiritual and had no belief in anything or people who were spiritual in some regard. So they were just spiritual or they were religious in any type of religion. They had faith in a higher power. They had a higher survivor rate across the board, which is wild.
1: What about even just having faith that you're going to be okay? Yeah,
0: 100%. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that, I think... For the people in that they study, I think that that's probably the most common denominator, because obviously they're all praying to different beliefs. people and they all believe some believe in religion, some believe in just spirituality or the universe or whatever, but all of them believed in there was like a bigger purpose that they were supposed to make it through, that somebody somebody up there had their back, you know what I mean? They were yeah. gonna get through it. And that literally allowed them to survive. Totally. Like that's crazy. Yeah. Um the aerobic gene one, the milkshake one, I mean, there were there were so many. When I was like, I'm going to put some placebo studies in here. And I was like, holy shit, I actually have a lot saved in my Google Docs. <laughs> yeah. And I just started, like, popping them in there. But.
1: I can totally believe that. I mean, I'll have to go read it. And you have a good point about the ACL, like, uh, healing itself. Yeah. And that's kind of a little bit more understanding.
0: That's what I'm saying. Once you unpack it more, you're like, okay. Yeah. The To me, the craziest one is the milkshake and the steroid one.
1: The milkshake makes sense, though. Like.
0: It does. But, like, the, the thing that makes it crazy to me is that they're literal hunger hormones changed. Yeah. So like it'd be one thing if they did like a questionnaire afterwards and they did. And the questionnaire is like, yeah, are you still hungry? No, because I had a 600 calorie shake. No, you didn't. And then the other group was hungry because they only had a 100 calorie shake and they didn't either. They all had the same 300 something calorie shake. So that I understand, you know, because you perceive it. And it's like, there's a study on uh, apple juice. One group drank it with a straw. One group had to spoon feed themselves the cup of apple juice and the apple juice that was spoon fed led to, better satiety, Uh, which just goes to, so like, just slow the fuck down and make it difficult to consume whatever you're consuming. Yeah. Like, like when I go on a diet, I use, I use Blakely's (laughs) forks, these little tiny things. Just playing. But like, that would probably work. Yeah. I would have to take smaller bites. It would take me longer to eat my meal.
1: Very annoying, but I'm very, uh, like with my Very full. Yeah. Yeah. It would work, literally.
0: But like, the crazy part is that the fact in that milkshake study that leptin and ghrelin changed, the hunger hormones. So like, taking blood work or however they're testing these hormones like literally changes. Totally. Which is also why like they take, so you take, uh, uh, they took steroids. They weren't real, placebo steroids and <laughs> testosterone went up, fucking gains in the gym went up, they built muscle, like that's wild.
1: Those are the best steroids. Yeah. Well, <laughs> really it's
0: funny because the one guy's asked me about uh, uh, testosterone boosters, stuff like that and part of me was like, damn, I wish I wouldn't have told them that testosterone boosters don't work. Ouch. Because really, if they really thought they worked and they were taking them, they would
1: work. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, some one of the guys at <laughs> the presentation did.
0: Tyler, he well, he sent me some questions from some of the guys at his, his station. He was the only uh, him and that guy next to him were I think were the only ones from his station there, but like some of the guys from the station were asking some questions about that stuff. Yeah, um, maybe it was cause sorry, cause <laughs> testosterone boosters don't work, but that's where like maybe they would work if you believed them. Yeah, you know, totally. but like that's I think that's what's crazy, and so like sometimes it may be best to not know too much. You know, like the more, you know, it's like the scientist, man. Yeah, exactly. Like almost wish you didn't know so much. I, I think for me, I've always just been that person that has to know more and understand why I think I find pleasure in that process. Yeah. It
1: comes with me and evidence based.
0: Yeah. But I do it in everything, man. Like that was the, that was the hardest part about me. Like, cause I didn't grow up religious, but I was like, you know, I'm going to like start studying and trying to like find my own thing with God and religion stuff. Why, why, why? Oh, my God. Yeah. And, like, there was one point where I was talking to somebody who I really respect, Cody Jefferson, and it was just like, sometimes you can't ask why, man, because there's no answer. Cody Jefferson? Yeah. Do you know him? Uh, uh, oh, from, from social media? No. Oh, no. Um, you would know. He's from Oklahoma, but he's just social media. Tatted up. Dad. He's, like, an entrepreneur. Okay. He, he went to school for theology, then became a priest, and then left because he wasn't, he, I believe, because he didn't want to um, He didn't want to preach in, like, the structured way okay and he wanted to do it his own way and like that wasn't acceptable where he was at or something like that i don't know but he's just like a yeah m- entrepreneur who coaches men on stuff and now but that was one of the things that he said he's like you just have to be okay with you know there's no answer yeah like, bro that's not okay with me yeah <laughs> <laughs> i need to know why yeah watch more documentaries read more books but totally. yeah that's uh
1: that's a whole nother rabbit hole dope but so yeah um like you said If you are a first responder, reach out. We will give you the resources that we have put together. Um, There's multiple of them. Yeah.
0: I think uh, police, military, all those kind of things apply, really. Yeah, like it all applies. It's all helpful. Um, So reach out. We'd be happy to share it with you. Um, We hope you guys got something out of this podcast. We really wanted to just kind of hit record and jam on a topic, really, and and, uh, it's fun. It's fun. So if you guys like these ones... Well, keep them going. Let us know uh, uh, by, of course, leaving a rating and review Spotify and iTunes. And uh, make sure you check out all the links and sponsors of this podcast. So the first one being firstform.com slash tailored coaching method for all your supplement needs, giantlifting.com for all your fitness equipment. You can use TCM 10 to save 10% off on that order, and then our online coaching kaylorcoachingmethod.com slash online dash coaching. And as always, there's a ton of content in the links of the description. So if you go to the site, there is literally so much content for you guys to consume absolutely free. We appreciate you guys listening. We'll catch you next time.